Happy almost Hanukkah, everybody. Welcome to episode 48 of The Locker Room. I feel like a lot of people don't even know that it's Hanukkah, though. There's no, like, ABC 25 days of Hanukkah, whatever it is. <laughs> like, Hanukkah gets no hype. You guys know what I mean? I, but before I get into, like, a little rant about that, because it actually kind of bothers me that Hanukkah gets no hype, because, like, it doesn't feel like Hanukkah season around here, you know? Yeah. But uh, I do want to say it up to the boys, Cappy Maxi. How you guys doing? What, are, what What's your take on, on Hanukkah? How, how, do you feel like it's Hanukkah time? Like, no, right? Well, it's diluted. There's eight days versus Christmas. It's one day. That's it. All the presents done. There's also a lot more people that celebrate Christmas than Hanukkah. So, okay, I didn't that really is- expect a really smart answer. I thought you kind of go along with like the the take there, but that that proves my point. Now I feel stupid. I wonder how it is low key. I wonder how it is like up in Israel. Like I feel like in Israel on all the broadcasts and all there, it's all like Hanukkah, like same thing. They're not. They're not. They're not promoting Christmas up there. Come on. I would assume Israel doesn't celebrate Christmas, but no. But I'm, saying, <laughs> but I'm saying, but I'm saying, you see all the te- televisions like, oh, countdown to Christmas, countdown to Christmas. I guarantee in Israel it's all countdown to Hanukkah, baby, and we don't have that. But honestly, Laz, I feel like we need like Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen, like those big name guys, to start like just promoting the shit out of Hanukkah and like the big holidays before it comes out. <laughs> we need like a movie, like some we kind of. We have like... eight crazy nights. We just need to put put it back in theaters before Hanukkah comes every year. No, but think about it. Like, I, like I've been watching Elf. I've been watching this, all the Santa Clauses with Tim Allen. Like, we have nothing. Like, what do we have? We have an. Well, we don't have a fictional character. What? What type? Like, what's our Santa? I don't know. We got to make one. We should make one because, like, I, Harry Hanukkah. Hanukkah Harry. Hanukkah Harry. Hanukkah Harry. Sorry. Harry Hanukkah. <laughs> Who Sounds the hell like came up with that? Like Max Naked. <laughs> yeah, Harry Hanukkah. <laughs> but, Max Naked. No, but seriously, I feel like we should. Let's let's bash our heads. Maybe let's reach out to someone who who uh, who writes movies or something, and we could come up with something. Because actually, like, ah, no, I was gonna say the night before, but that's a Christmas movie, also. Seth it's Rogen. both. It's a mixture. It's, a, nah, it's a Seth Rogen just wears the the Jewish sweater, but it's not anything about Hanukkah, really. It's oh yeah, it is. It is Christmas. Yeah, you're right. That movie's amazing, though. I love that movie. It is great. <laughs> or maybe you know you know who could do it? Nick Kroll, because he's on the right track with Big Mouth. Season four of Big Mouth just came out. I've been I crushed it the first night. Cappy, I know you watch it. You watch it. Yeah, I watched like seven episodes. I started it actually with my roommate, like it's not started the show, started the last season. Uh-huh. And I, he, we were in tears first episode. And then I was like, oh yeah, we're not going to watch it. We're not going to watch it. I go to bed and I'm like, fuck, I've already seen in every episode of The Office. Might as well watch the Big Mouth, watch yeah. like six episodes. Yeah, unreal. He, like I feel like every season just gets better and better. Like the, these, uh, I don't want to give it away, but like the uh, mosquito things they added, like the new the like, anxiety, creature, yeah, the anxiety, anxiety things. Oh my God, crazy. And Maxie, you don't watch this? Nope. You're just too mature? I wouldn't say too mature. I just haven't watched it. Doesn't mean I won't. I feel like you'd love it. Have you? You haven't seen any episodes, Maxie? Or you? No. Yeah, you you would like it. It's just like a stupid. You know, there's so many Jew jokes. Like, and I, I told Laz we got to find a clip of one of them. For example, they were talking. What was it? Oh, somebody was the birthright um, one. The birthright. Yeah, some girl was like uh, talking about how she couldn't go on birthright. It was just like some stupid joke. But I was like, oh my god, this is great. There's like the how sleep- they integrate Jewish shit into the it. sleepaway camp shit was hilarious with Seth Rogen. That was so yeah. funny. I was and John Oliver. I was I was dying. I didn't know. I yeah, crazy. I didn't even. I would. I didn't even know Seth Rogen was the main character of the new season. I was so happy. You couldn't tell the voice. No, I'm saying I knew. Like I didn't know. Like leading up to it. Oh yeah. yeah. I didn't see like a trailer or anything. I didn't watch a trailer for anything or anything like that. And then the first <laughs> episode, bang! I was like, no shit, that's Seth. Yeah. No, he was. He was great. Maxie, you would love it. I had it on the TV the other night. My dad was like, I mean, this is my dad, but my dad was like, 
what the fuck are you watching? Why is there a talking bloody vagina and hormone monsters? Like, what what is this stupid show? What's like, it no. on? Uh, Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Maybe maybe, talking- maybe I'll turn it on before oh, it's, I hit the sheets tonight. It's actually super creative and really smart. Like very well thought out. For and, anyone who hasn't seen it, check out Big Mouth. And last comment on that: Nick Kroll plays like seven voices in the show, which is the most impressive thing out of everything I've seen. That's like uh, Seth MacFarlane, Family Guy. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Same thing. But uh, I do want to go over to Cappy real quick because we do have Steve Serbian, a Giants Jets writer. Cappy, I thought for sure when you tweeted, like, the Giants look good. I'm probably going to jinx it, but the Giants look good. I thought for sure they were going to lose that game after you tweeted that. I know. That was crazy. You're the biggest jinx I know. Hottest team in the NFL not right now, boys. That's pretty crazy. Did you guys see that video uh, by the Barcelona post of that guy celebrating where he's like, best team in the NFL, best team in the NFL? Well, they won like four in a row, I think, right? Yeah, and, and they don't even have Daniel Jones playing. Not saying Daniel's the god, the god or anything, but I I love the plus ten and a half beforehand, just because Russ hasn't been playing well, and yeah. the Giants' D has been looking really good. A lot of points too. Ten for them, ten points. A lot of points to let up. No, no, no yeah, I'm just like generally like to give like plus ten, like that's a lot. Oh, oh, right. The, you're saying the spread. I thought you said to to the defense <laughs> only let up ten points. I'm like, no, no, dude, no. that's unbelievable. Yeah. Happy, what happened with your fancy tight ends? Oh, yeah. So, uh, Settlement tweeted um, something like, um, any fantasy questions, blah, blah, blah. I had one. Honestly, I was going back and forth asking everybody. Didn't know who to start a tight end. I had Zach Ertz first game back. I had Noah Fant, and I had Gasicki. Gasicki was coming off a great, I think, the last two weeks. I picked him up off waivers, actually. And the Dolphins have just been hot. Miami, they're, it, everything was just fitting the right way. And I, my gut was going to play him anyway. And Settlement told me to play Fant, played Kasiki, needed to win to advance to the playoffs, and I won. So I'm excited because just watching football on Sunday is just so much better when you're still in the fantasy playoffs. I mean, you guys could both attest to that. Definitely. So, so you asked for someone's advice just to fade them? <laughs> <laughs> hey, his face. Come on. I mean, it's something, it's, you know, it's not, not, not saying I haven't done that before. Somebody's asking somebody, oh, who you like tonight, and then me taking the opposite team. Stir the pot. Exactly. That's all about. Max, by the way, do you notice my uh, – guess whose sweatshirt I'm wearing? Scarsdale lacrosse. I just want to give a shout-out to, to our mutual friend, Big Lou, Louis Gottlieb. Oh, nice. <laughs> how, did, how did you get that shirt? We went to Sleepaway Camp together. I stole it from oh, him. He's, oh, okay. So he didn't give it to you? No, he didn't give it to me. But uh, <laughs> I just want to – What's up? Sorry. Speaking of sleepaway camp, that's why Max will like the, the last season of the, the, the show because it's literally like they're at camp. <laughs> I think it's only one episode, the first episode though, right? Or is it the first two? Of what? No, it's like the first three. Oh, really? Yeah, Max, yeah, you would love it. It's it honestly like <laughs> it's it, like we're at sleepaway camp. It's hilarious. Yeah, no, it's it's great. It was like it was like Camp Mohegan's son. <laughs> that's what it was called. It's pretty funny. But you guys want to go into all these? Yeah, I'm down. Who wants to start us off? Maxi? I went to the PGA Superstore to pick up my putter. And while I was there, average golfers basically go there to pick it up. And you just see so many people on the putting green taking it so seriously. Like, oh, you feel this like shaft. It's light. It's heavy. I'm like, you're like it's saying to myself, like, you're still going to shoot high 90s in the hundreds, dude. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Then, so I pick out my putter. I knew which one I wanted. But I kind of wanted to like get it immediately, not wait like five weeks and kind of wanted to feel it. Uh And I was like walking around and I don't know if you guys know this, but they you can get your clubs fitted 
I've heard basic. That, yeah. So basically what that means is you hit a ball in the simulator. You have someone watching your swing and they adjust the shaft, bend it, do whatever so that you hit it straight. They don't, they don't fix your swing. They just give you a club that's either bent or hooked or, or make it however, so you can hit it straight with your screwed up swing or whatever. And they, and you have these engineers that come up with new clubs and all this stuff, basically to hit this tiny ball to land in the middle of a football field and people can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not really the best golfer, so I can't attest to that, but uh, I would, I would pay for that if I cared about golf. I mean, I, I just thought like I didn't, I, I got used clubs. To upgrade. It's just kind of pathetic. You're saying that like people who can't even yeah. hit the ball in general are just like paying a lot of money. You got to hit it in the middle of a football field. And you it's can't probably, do it's it. probably all bullshit. Yeah. Well, speaking of bullshit, you guys might think my way is a little bullshit. I know Laz already thinks oh, I it's do. bullshit, but I'll, I I'll hop into it right now. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there's supposedly aliens are real. I'm about to pull up the article real quick just so I can fact check. I can't even take you seriously saying that. (laughs) Um, So a former Israeli space security chief says allegedly that aliens exist and that humanity is not ready to hear it. I add the allegedly part. But this guy who's currently 87 years old basically came out and he was a former security guy for Israel, basically coming out and saying that aliens are real. Aliens have been real. He also quotes in this article that Trump is aware of this. He also quotes that um, there's bait uh, bunkers that were built on mars that both um, um humans and aliens are both coexisting there or something like that along the lines of that and you believe uh, this and i believe it i i now, <laughs> might have some dementia who knows it's not written here that he has dementia but i strongly believe that aliens are real and if i read something where somebody's like high up in a security field like that or some shit like that and there's also been so many different little things that have happened throughout our like, like our lifetime, not even our lifetime, like before you're even born. Like, what's the um the big thing? The the Big Bang? No, the Big <laughs> Bang. The, the alien bunker thing. The, the, oh, fuck. I have no the idea. Stick? No, I, I'm I'm gonna sound like an idiot here. <laughs> I think you already do. Do I? <laughs> no, I, don't know. No, I just no. don't believe in aliens. But regardless of the situation, I thought it was absolutely crazy. I'm gonna find out what this thing is once Johnny's doing his way pay, but. I believe in aliens. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in spirits. I was telling Glasses before, but eh, I believe in aliens. We might have to phone a friend, my friend Reed, who I've talked about on here before, works for SpaceX, so maybe he can get to the bottom of this. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. No, yeah, you can keep thinking aliens are real. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. We'll I wonder. You know what? Let's let's post a poll when this comes out, and let's see if people like we'll we'll do yes or no. Do you believe in aliens? We'll see how other people feel about it. No, well, I'm going to laugh when tomorrow aliens are found out to be real and. <laughs> Then you know what we can post it and, and i'll get shit on for everybody <laughs> that's fine I'll, I'll take that um before i get into mine though i do want to say a quick word from mindset wellness cbd our other sponsor they're a brand new full spectrum cbd company infused with terpenes and vitamins that can provide all natural anxiety relief they have several different mindsets including happy calm focus health beauty and rest which are meant to be taken together to customize your mindset i love mindset wellness i love my happy ones i swear to god they like for for some crazy reason, I feel high. I know there's no weed in them, but take the happy gummies. They're awesome. I know you guys can attest to it also, but go to Mindset Wellness CBD. Use our code LOCKUP for 10% off of your order and free shipping and check out their Instagram at MindsetWellness.com or at MindsetWellnessCBD. Sorry about that. What's up? Before we continue, 
the bunker that I was at was Area 51. Ah, Area 51. I've heard of that. Okay. Yes. Fair. Oh, okay. You've heard of it. See? Heard of it. Isn't like, it a movie? Surreal. No, it's a Area 51 is like a place that supposedly like a UFO landed or something like that. And they created this whole entire big thing. And it's like underground. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't know all the details behind it. But it ha- it relates to aliens. Send us the article after. We'll, we'll read that one. But uh, my other thing, and you guys can probably chime on this because it's kind of like just how people react in general. But today I've been doing deliveries for my friend's dad for his construction company. So I've been driving like this uh, like construction van through Brooklyn for the last like two days. Is that and why you're wearing your beanie? Yeah, well, I don't know. My hair is getting long. Got a long beard. I think I just look good with it, honestly. But uh, also supporting loyalty above all our friends, Zach Hiller and Matt Lease. But so I was at a red light in this van and a homeless guy like comes up to the van, like on the window. And I'm like, hey, I don't have anything. Sorry. And like, wouldn't go away, but it's a red light. So I can't even avoid it. Like, what do I do? So I rolled down my window and gave him my water bottle. I don't want to like pull out a wallet, but like, I don't know. I feel like only in New York do homeless people like literally like, appro- like approach you and like, like don't give up. No, no? shot. No it's, shot. It's everywhere. Uh, Florida is so, is so bad. Uh, and there's, there's certain parts around the country, like where I've traveled and stuff like that, where, where different locations are bad than others, but hundred percent in Miami or in Fort Lauderdale, there's like two different sections. There's like a nice section of Fort Lauderdale and like an average section of Fort Lauderdale. And you have to drive through it obviously to get to one part. Uh-huh. And there's, I, there's been multiple times where I've given homeless people stuff, but they, they are very aggressive and certain people like they're walking like right next to you. Like when it's a green light flowing traffic, sometimes it's like, Jesus, get out of like, like, get out of the way yeah i was just like i couldn't escape so i was like afraid and i just like rolled down my window and i was like here take the like take the water but the worst part is this guy's wearing a canada goose jacket when he walked away i was like what the <laughs> f- how are you it's like that's like a thousand dollar jacket isn't it isn't that's that, that's that's the that's the the twist to it all this stuff is that half these and, and like i feel like that's something like my dad's like always told me yeah, you never like never give homeless people money because they you know they're probably rich you know yeah. like like which is true they're not rich obviously but yeah. a they're probably crackheads or b they're just like it's a kind of a good side job I, a good side job i, I guess sure actually what's your t- what's your take on this i'm curious i'm kidding i to be honest i, I just i i ignore i lock the windows and uh yeah lock the door roll up the windows i'm a sucker i guess i don't know especially during but, COVID. <laughs> but like to be fair um before COVID hit, every time that I went to work, there was always this one guy, one homeless guy that would open the door to the deli that I'd go and get my my bacon, egg, and cheese at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least he's trying to yeah, do nice. something for Like he's doing something, not begging. Yeah. Like, okay, I can open the door for myself, but he's doing whatever he can to convenience someone. Mm-hmm. So... I'd give that guy money or even a bacon and cheese. Yeah. Right. I was going to say like uh, from, from big daddy where he, uh, sausage with muffin. <laughs> yes, exactly. so, so every now and then I get him a, uh, a coffee or I give him money. So oh, I actually, I never gotten food. Which... That's super nice. You know, it'd be the move if you were homeless, like have like during a COVID time like this to get money, have like a bottle of hand sanitizer and just like walk around with it and ask, like, act like before you get money. Just yeah, that, that is nice. Honestly, it's a good yeah. idea. Try it cap. <laughs> be all right um but other than that i do want to talk about one more sponsor that we have which i love which is bagel master uh bagel master is uh well a family-owned bagel store located in syosset they're amazing um they got everything you need cold cuts there's probably homeless people outside opening the door for you whatever you need though they got everything um 
if you haven't tried our locker room sandwich, you got to go try it. I'm still waiting to try it. I feel like I'm going to honestly just have them like send me one, but I won't be good. You know what I mean? I'm going to have to like make my own one day, um, but follow them on Instagram at the bagel master. Besides that, boys, you want to hop into the interview? Yeah, let's send it over to Steve. Let's do it. This guy grew up and was bar mitzvah in North Massapequa, New York. He's been covering the NFL for the New York Post for years, and we're super pumped that he's here joining us. Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, Steve Serby. Steve, how's it going? Great. Always uh, it's one of my bucket list items was to be on the locker room, and here I am. That's what I was told. I mean, my mom kind of hooked this up. I guess my mom and, and your uh, your wife have been friends for years, and it's, it's nice that we can put some Jewish geography together and get you on here. Yeah. Do I get applesauce with my latkes or, or no? Depends. Some people prefer the sour cream, but if you're an applesauce guy, you can go applesauce. Up yeah, I, I go applesauce. Tell them tell him, tell him how you like your latkes. I do ketchup on mine. Oh, you're like Pat Mahomes. He I'm puts ketchup, ketchup on everything. Yeah, me too. I put ketchup on chicken parm. I know we talked about chicken parm before we got started here, but yeah, I'm a... I'm a ketchup savant, I guess is, is the word. I don't know if that's right, but I I, uh, I used to put ketchup on scrambled eggs. That's normal. Oh I yeah, I, it is. Yeah, yeah, I can't I can't eat scrambled eggs without ketchup. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was uh, unusual. All right. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe we are unusual. Well, nothing wrong with be, nothing wrong with being unusual. Believe no. me, I've been unusual all my life. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, I actually put ketchup on steak too. That could be a little weird, but. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, so we're all on the same page here. But I do actually – I want to give a shout-out to one of my friends who works at the New York Post, Mark Fisher. I don't know if you know him. He's yeah, I know Mark. Mark. How do you know Mark? Uh, just through the sleepaway camp, kind of hockey, you know, growing up. Oh, man, I'll tough to t- – I don't know him well, but, I mean, he's one of the editors there. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, great kid, and he, he had a lot of good good things to say about you. So um, he, doesn't know, he doesn't know me. Well, he, he claimed he did. I asked him for some – for some help for this interview. No, if he if he said good things about me, it proves he doesn't know. Oh, <laughs> and he doesn't know you well yeah. enough, I guess. But uh, well, I mean, let's kind of hop right into it. What's it been like for you? I mean, you've been covering the NFL for years, but obviously this season's way different with COVID, and I'm assuming you don't have locker room access. So, what's it been like? How different has it been for you this year? Oh, very different. I mean, uh, no locker. Everything is over Zoom. Everything, and it it it's a shame. You know, even even the game, we don't. We don't travel to road games anymore. When the Giants and Jets are home, I, I cover the game from, from my couch. Uh, some of the guys go, but there's no locker room access post game. So if you, you can bring binoculars and, and look down on the field from the press box, but I could see more watching it on TV. So I stay home and cover the game off TV, but you, you lose that, you lose that interpersonal connection with the players. They, they don't get to know you. You don't get to know them. You can't build relationships. Uh, we need a vaccine, and we need it soon, as you yeah. as you know only too yeah. well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, well, it's not the same, but you gotta you gotta make the best of it. Everybody's it's a level playing field, so you gotta be creative. Well, it's actually interesting that you said uh, like you'd rather stay at home than go to the game, and obviously binoculars to look down, because that was actually something that the NFL was talking about, like how great. It is to watch football at home. Do you think that because of COVID, it's going to make it harder for the NFL to, 
kind of packed the stadium with fans since now all fans are starting to realize football is more enjoyable to watch at home? No, I don't think so. I think there's going to be such a pent-up desire for fans, for people going to restaurants again to get out of the house. Uh, we've all been cooped up too long. I think the, I think it's going to have the opposite effect. I think people are going to be so happy to be with other people watching a football game or a baseball game. I think attendance may be higher than it ever was. I mean, that's great to hear because – that would that would stink. But like, how do you think the NFL will handle COVID to finish the season? And what do you think they're going to do for the playoffs coming up? I know there's been talk about maybe a bubble, but well, they, yeah, they should. In my view, they 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 should implement a bubble as soon as possible. I mean, they're running out of options with all these Wednesday night football. I mean, they they want to slog through. They want to push through. They want to play as many games as they can. They want to finish the season. With this second wave that's now of the virus that we're now dealing with, uh, in all likelihood, the Super Bowl is going to have to be pushed back because they're going to have to maneuver more than they even have so far. I mean, they're talking about December, January, and February where the virus will be running rampant, which is a scary thought. So they're going to... Um, I'd be surprised if they didn't have a playoff bubble. Right now, they don't want to do it, but I think they'll have to do it. Well, I think right now it's mostly the players that don't want to do it, right? Well, they want to get paid, too, and um, they want their game checks. They they didn't opt out. They had the chance to opt out. Right. They didn't opt out. You know, they knew that this was a possibility, and I would think that if the NFL wants to finish the season, then the players are going to then the teams are going to finish the season. The teams are going to play ball and and get to the finish line, which is the Super Bowl. But like I said, they may have to move the Super Bowl back. And didn't they – I think I read something that um, in Tampa they reserved, I guess, the hotel for four weeks or for an extent, like extended period of time just in case that happens. Yeah, they, so look, the NFL, the NFL has all kinds of contingency plans – They've been working on them day by day, week by week. They knew that this was going to be a problem, uh, but they, come hell or high water, they they want to finish this schedule and they want a Super Bowl because there's too much money at stake. Now, God forbid something happens on the health front with a player, but so, so far, thank God, nothing has happened, barring a serious illness or, God forbid, death. The NFL is going to con- continue to plug on. It's kind of scary right now. I know Mark Andrews is a type 1 diabetic on the Ravens, and he's going through COVID right now. That's probably something that's pretty scary for the players. But Well, um, he, there's a guy that, that, that he probably should have opted out. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, my dad's a type 1 diabetic also, so I know it's been pretty you know scary just trying to stay away from him. And I imagine for Mark Andrews, it's, it's got to be tough being with, you know, 53, however many guys are on the roster, and then, you know, 15 guys test positive, I'm sure. He might even opt out now after this. Who knows? Like He might yeah. not want to take the risk again, but, um, you know, hopefully can't blame, like can't blame, can't blame any of the, uh, Nate Solder with the Giants can't blame any of these guys for opting out, you know, Mosley with the Jets, CJ Mosley. Yeah. I got news for you. I probably would have opted out myself. It's, it's kind of crazy to think about it. People just opting out of the, you know, their job in a, in a sense, but on a lighter note, since we are a Jewish podcast, I do want to ask you about your bar mitzvah. I know you said it was kind of long ago, if you don't remember, but you know, I guess how different, 
from this generation of bar mitzvahs that you and bat mitzvahs that you've seen compared to your bar mitzvah back in the day? Like, like how how much has it changed in your lifetime? Um, well, I was a very backward kid. I was very socially awkward. So uh, it, it seems like um, the, the kids nowadays are more hip than I ever was. <laughs> so uh, I, I I don't remember much about my bar mitzvah other than the fact that I was I was about four foot nine. And uh, my mother's five foot, so I wasn't even as tall as my mom. And um, I had a close group, a close knit group of friends, but I, um, I I was not, I was socially backward. And it was not the party that I, when I see bar mitzvahs today, the kids are so much more mature for their age than I was. Really? And yeah, I don't even remember music playing at my bar mitzvah. It might have been Jane and the Americans. I don't even remember. You you never you don't even know Jane in America. No, I don't even know what that is not a clue. It's way before your time. It's way before <laughs> your time. No, it just seems like um, pre-COVID, uh, the bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs that I went to, the kids had grown up a lot faster than I grew up, and mm-hmm. it was more of a festive occasion than what I remember my bar mitzvah being. Maybe because I was scared to death and would rather have crawled into a uh, a hole rather than uh, have have myself be the center of attention. Well, I'm sure you had a a great hairstyle going back then. I mean, you still got a great head of hair right now. You like my hair, right? It's a weird. Yeah, you got a good head of hair. Take, yeah. Take this off. I haven't <laughs> I haven't had a haircut since March. I was gonna say you got a great head of hair. You must I've have been cutting my own hair with um, a disposable razor. See? Really? Yeah. Well, well, you're gonna pull on. it out? <laughs> yeah, here. See, this is what I do. Give yourself a haircut on the locker yeah. room. Yes, <laughs> that'll be good content for us. Yeah, when it gets too unruly, I just give it a little trim. Nobody even notices a difference. I may even scrap my barber when this ends. <laughs> I'm actually going to try to grow mine out a little bit, too. Why not, right? I'm getting the beard going. I can't. Mine, I, I get the Jufro if I okay. if I grow it out. It just curls <laughs> up and gets really dry. So I got to get haircuts. But you guys are not even not even one gray hair, huh? Oh, I, I've, I have plenty. Do you? Yeah, I have plenty of gray hairs. But I Do always you? say, yeah, I always say I'd rather be a silver fox than bald. Well, after after this uh, after this podcast, you'll probably have a lot more gray. <laughs> I didn't know you had gray gray hairs, Maxie. Yeah, I do. Damn, I'm so good Johnny. Who, would you, who were you an Islanders fan? I'm a I'm a Rangers fan. You, oh, why are you looking at the background up here? That's just that's actually me. Oh no, no, I no, I mean you grew up on Long Island, so I figured you were an Islanders fan. Yeah, no, I'm a. If you can look at my bedroom right now, it's actually kind of embarrassing. It's like for an eight year old, but yeah, it's covered in Ranger stuff. So, who was your favorite Ranger? My favorite Ranger growing up, well, I guess the interviews change or anything else now, but uh Yeah, I'm used to I, asking the questions. Yeah, my favorite Ranger growing up was Sean Avery, actually, funny enough. Sean Avery. Sean chippy, Avery. Yeah. Very chippy fellow, right? Yeah. Well I just watched well, what he could do to the garden. Like every time he stepped on the ice, Madison Square Garden just like went nuts. Like Were you a, were you a it forward? Was, it was a show just to watch him. Were you a forward? I was a forward, yeah. Forward. Chippy? But, Ch- chippy like him? No, definitely not chippy. The teeth kind of made me look like I was more chippy, but I was definitely – I was a softer player for sure. But uh, I kind of like the theatrics that Avery kind of pulled. You know, I was actually at the game when he screened Marty Brodeur, like, face-to-face. Like, I was right behind that net with my dad. That was pretty cool. So, wait, you're, uh, how old are you now? We're both 24. Oh, so you you missed the uh, Stanley Cup. Yes, I did. I did yeah. By two years. But uh, we, want, we want to make this more about about you. Okay. Uh, I, can t- I can talk about myself and the Rangers for, you know, for hours. But – uh. Since we're talking about like favorite players and stuff, 
have you had any favorite players that you have to cover over the years or even, you know, any funny stories from, you know, times in the locker after games or, you know, anything like that? Well, I used to, um, I wrote a book with Lawrence Taylor. Remember Lawrence Taylor? Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, when I covered him, he, he didn't like the, the, the media and, uh, what you had to do with Lawrence was back in those days, we had more access to the players than we do now. And we were able to walk the player from the locker room to his car, which we can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence Taylor would always be, he would bark at you. He would growl at you. He didn't want to be answering any questions. But then if you kept with him, if you kept walking with him, he would start talking and then, and then he gave you one of the all-time great interviews. He was he was amazing that way. And and back in those days, I used to wait until it got dark out for Phil Sims to finish weightlifting after practice. So it'd be seven eight o'clock at night, and I'd be standing there by myself in the cold waiting for Phil Sims to come out. <laughs> yeah, those those were the days. Those are again access now pre-COVID is much more restrictive for the media. I think Bill Parcells started that when he coached the Jets. Um, he, he kept the media at arm's length as often and as much as he could. David Cohn was great to interview. He was very insightful. David Cohn must be Jewish, no? No. Not really? Jewish. No, not Jewish. Um, <laughs> Alex Bregman is. Yeah, I knew that. I had dinner with Mike Tyson once. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and he, the strange thing about that was we're in a, at a Manhattan restaurant. And he was a vegetarian at the time. And we were at the steak place, and he's eating a salad and a boiled potato. Felt like smacking him. Felt like smacking him. Yeah, it sounds terrible. What kind of of meal is that for a man? (laughs) I guess only Mike uh, Tyson can get away with that. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think. uh, You know, hockey players in general are are the best to cover. They're they're the most grounded, most down-to-earth. You know, during a hockey game, you get to see Pierre Maguire interview the coaches and the players between periods, right? You don't, you don't get that in other sports. Uh, so I always enjoyed covering – I covered the Islanders way back when before they won their Stanley Cup. Oh, really? Any yeah. uh, any names we would know? Bobby Nystrom, Clark Gillies. I, mean, I was, was going to say we had Eric on our, on our show uh, a while back. Wow. Eric Nystrom. Brian Trottier, uh, Gary Howitt, Billy Smith, Chico Resch, those guys. Those are all the big ones, huh? Yeah, but hockey players are the best. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely attest to that. I think hockey players are the best too. No, they're they're the from a media standpoint, there's none better. They're they're baseball players. Every so often, you know, you'll get entitled players. They've had their asses kissed their whole life. Uh, to a lesser degree, football and basketball, but hockey's the best. Hockey players are the best. What's your thoughts on Trevor Bauer and? I guess his personality as he's entering free agency and how he kind of just wants to change the personality and the liveliness of just baseball in general. Oh, Hey, New York's big enough for a personality like him. Right. Uh, Reggie Jackson had a big personality, didn't he? Right. Uh, look, the owner of the Mets, Steve Cohen, or was it? No, it was Sandy Alderson that said in a radio interview, I would have no problem with his personality. Why not? I mean, fan fans can relate. I think fans, as long as the guy can play, as long as he can pitch, I don't think fans will care what he says. I think I think it would be great for New York. He'd fit right in in New York. I agree. Not that the Mets need a player like that, of course. They need talent. They need a lot of it. Um, and I'm hoping Stevie can uh, can start cashing some checks. 
Um, you must be you must be ecstatic with Steve Cohen, right? Oh, you have no idea. And if the Jets somehow get Trevor Lawrence, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Like the fact that I, two <laughs> dysfunctional uh, organizations that have just been absolutely terrible. You're rooting for 0-16, oh, right? Oh, you have no idea. Yeah. And that's what I was going to get into since you m- mentioned Bill Bar- Bill Parcells since he came in after the 1-15 season. Who do you think is going to replace someone that I just cannot stand at all, Adam Gaze, when the Jets hopefully go 0-16? <laughs> you didn't hear? He signed an extension today. Oh, that's that's that would be the most Jets thing to happen. I, like I, I I wouldn't even be surprised. Well, I don't uh, actually. I wrote something about this uh, in tomorrow's post. I'm uh, I'm not a I'm not a Jim Harbaugh fan. I don't think he would work in New York, and I would trust Andy Reid's opinion. And Andy Reid raves about Eric Bieniemy. So if Andy Reid thinks Eric Bieniemy is ready to be a head coach, that's good enough for me. But but the Jets, the Jets, you know, much was made about Gay's hiring, be, him being an offensive coach and him being a, an experienced coach. He checked those two boxes. But it turned out that the, the definition of offensive was was a little bit different than they had hoped. So they 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 need they need a CEO type a la Joe Judge. The best. I, I love him. Well, I think he's great. Yeah. Why? Why do you love him? Uh, well, I just saw that one video of him doing that fumble drill, yeah. and there's not many times where you see a coach get down on a ball, jump on a ball, and get get his players fired up. I think he's old school. Seems every time I've watched the Giants, even though it's been a tough watch, they play hard, and that's all you can really ask for right now from a coach. Yep, and they're 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 a together team, and they're and they're they've improved week by week, slowly but surely, and they're in first place in the NFC least. <laughs> but that's not I don't look they're not in Seattle's league I don't expect them to beat the Seahawks especially with Daniel Jones watching Colt McCoy but but if you're a Giant fan you got to feel a lot better about your future than you have uh, recently yep it's a big step up from so what do you, uh, Eric Bieniemy would be my choice what's your choice I would I would be thrilled actually for me I I was looking for someone who could come in and be like the same way Bill Bar- Bill Parcells was come in, who's experienced. Yeah, but good luck of- finding someone like that. Right, exactly. It's it's who wants to step into that role. So I was leaning towards Harbaugh, but I'm very I, like I would I would be so so happy with the uh, enemy. Harbaugh, I just he I don't think he has the makeup for this market. I just you know I know he's been a successful NFL head coach, but. I, I just don't think he's got the people skills to deal with the media here in New York. That's fair. Um, and, well, and, and what and what quarterbacks has he developed at Michigan? None. I guess just Andrew Luck, and you can make the case that Andrew Luck didn't even need development. Right, exactly. Exactly. Speaking of quarterbacks, do you think that Trevor Lawrence, he's definitely going to enter the draft. It makes no sense for him not to. But do you see him saying no to the Jets if the Jets have the first pick? Anything's possible. When you're dealing with the Jets, anything is possible. Right. You know, they've got a competent GM. I like Joe Douglas. Um, well. If he can hire the right guy, that, that hire is going to be so key because then Trevor Lawrence can decide he can do his homework on the coach. And don't forget the Jets have a whole bunch of draft choices. So they can they can get healthy in a hurry. In the NFL, you can go from worst to first pretty pretty quickly. If Joe Douglas drafts the right players 
and Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. If they finish second in the draft order to the Jaguars, I'm sure they'll pick Justin Fields because they don't want to pay Sam Darnold and Justin Fields will be on the rookie contract. Right. So I, to answer your question, I don't know. No, People thought Peyton Manning was coming out when Bill Parcells was the Jets coach. Right. So, you know, who knows? I'm just afraid history is going to repeat itself and I'm going to just be so upset. Well, again, it, I think it depends on the, on the guy that they hire, the head coach that they hire. Steve, I want to dive back into your career for a sec. And, I mean, this might be hard to you to think about off the top of your head, but what would you say has been the hardest story for you to write about? What sport, you mean? Or No, like the hardest story, you know, like I guess based on emotion or... Yeah, um, the Jets used to have a player named Dennis Bird. You remember Dennis Bird? He was a defensive end. He had a collision on the field with a teammate and ended up paralyzed. And that was very, very, very heartbreaking. And uh, <clears throat> following that story for a couple of days was, was gut-wrenching. It really was. That was difficult to write mm-hmm. because I knew the guy. He was, a, he was a nice kid from Oklahoma who had a bright football future ahead of him. And now all of a sudden, not only he has no career, he can't walk. So that was as difficult as it gets. Yeah, that's, that's really terrible. And I'm sure, I mean, this is kind of off – off a different topic, I guess, but kind of under the same kind of sense. Do players ever take anything you've written personally? Like, I mean, you're just doing oh, your yeah. job, right? Like, I'm sure, especially nowadays with Twitter and everything, I mean, athletes can just fire back at the media members. But, you know, media members are just doing their job. They're trying to get clicks, trying to get people to read their stories. But, you know, has anyone ever, I guess, got, taken it personally, uh, an article that you've written? Um, well, the Jets used to have a quarterback named Richard Todd. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, in the 70s and 80s, right? Yeah, you might want to Google my name and and Google his name, and, and you'll <laughs> see. And that'll answer your question. Okay. <laughs> All right. He basically, I'll make a long story short. I wrote a, I wrote a column he didn't like saying that the, he'll never lead the Jets to, to a Super Bowl. I preferred the other, the backup quarterback, uh, Matt Robinson was his name. And Todd held it against me, and one day we, I tried to patch it up with him. And it didn't. He he want he wanted nothing to do with it, and they ended up grabbing me around the throat and smashing my head into a locker. Holy shit! Really? Do you yeah. imagine that happening? It like in today's? No, no. He's lucky. He ended up getting fined by NFL security fifteen hundred dollars, which back in 1981 was a lot more than it is today. But if there had been cameras in the locker room, he would have been screwed. Right. Uh, I, 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 I would, I would have had lawyers crawling all over me to represent me in a lawsuit against him, but there were no, no cameras in the locker room at that time. It was 1981. Yeah. I mean, if anything like that happened today, I, I, the athlete would never be able to play again. No. And the Jets well, it depends would... on, it depends on how good the athlete is. Yeah, that's true. Especially with right. the NFL, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. With Antonio. Brown back in the league. I can't believe you guys you guys didn't hear that story. Wow, you are young. I actually I kind I kind of I kind of knew it uh like a little bit. Like I knew Richard Todd, like I knew the incident. I didn't know it was with you though. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, my hair was black before that incident and it's been this color ever since. <laughs> well, I, I kind of want to ask you like how how did everything go after that incident? Did you guys ever patch it up or no? Yeah, we kind of patched it up um but uh I was out of work for two weeks. My office didn't want me going into the into the cover of the Jets for two weeks. And then when I came back, half the team wouldn't talk to me. 
because they were supporting him. We did patch it up, but then over the years, I guess I wrote something else about him not being being <laughs> a bust or being close to a bust, mm-hmm. and he to this day he won't take my call, and I've given yeah. up trying. I've given up trying. Well, I got to imagine the backup quarterback you were writing about must have loved it. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> I, I thought he was a better fit for that team, and um, turns out he didn't he didn't make it either. He fizzled out in a hurry too. Uh, by 1984, both Richard Todd and Matt Robinson were gone, and the Jets in '83, if you remember, who they draft in '83? Um, Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien. Ken yeah. O'Brien. And he he replaced Richard Todd. And who could they have had instead of O'Brien? Dan Marino, but apparently he had a little nose problem, That's so right. they passed on him. And Ken O'Brien was good. It was it was well, just it was true. just the fact that they could have gotten Marino that it was like, come on. Yeah, Ken O'Brien was good, but he was not a Hall of Famer. Right. Steve, I want to get into a little segment that we do called the Matzo Ball Minute. It's kind of like quick hitter questions, so I guess think of the – or give us the answer, the first thing that pops into your head, whatever comes to your mind. Does that sound cool? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about Matzo Balls right right now. All right, we'll we'll start with this one. Who is your favorite Jewish athlete? My favorite Jewish athlete. Oh, boy. Give Give me some names. I guess we can go with some current ones. Johnny Lazarus. Johnny Lazarus. Johnny Lazarus is no longer an athlete, unfortunately. Oh. But that is a good answer. I like that. But uh, I mean, like, yeah, like, Max, you would know more than I would. What? Like Edelman, Amari Oh, regarding uh, just Jew- Jewish athletes? Jewish athletes. Um, yeah. I mean, mine, even though I didn't get to see him play, it just from stories I hear from, also, I, I've, I've read his bo- uh, books about him, is Koufax. Um, very private, very private guy. But yeah. uh, I guess, like, I'd probably go John Shire. All right, I'll go Mine's Koufax Adam. then. I'll Mine's, go Koufax. Okay. Mine's Adam Fox. Adam Fo- oh, I actually interviewed him. Good, Yeah, nice kid. I really? liked him. He's yeah. one of my really good friends, a great friend of ours, a good friend of the show. Oh, that's right. He's from Syosset, right? He, uh, he's Jericho, but we went, we actually went to sleepaway camp together. Oh, I wish I knew that. I, would have, I did a Q&A with him. I would have asked him about you. No way. He's, yeah, he's an awesome guy. All right, all right I'm going to change mine to Adam Fox then. Adam Fox. That's great. I love that. He'll, he'll love that too. That's awesome. Uh, next question. Who? Who wins the Super Bowl first, the Jets or the Giants? Giants. Gi- yeah, it's kind of an easy one, I guess, with how it's going right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand this next one over to Maxie. I'm going to let Maxie ask you this one. Uh, what was more embarrassing for you to watch or cover, uh, the Jets' butt fumble or Plaxico's gunshot? Well, it wasn't embarrassing to me. It was embarrassing to Mark Sanchez. <laughs> right. I was in the press box that night, and – it was hard to believe what had just happened, but it was turned out to be fun to, to write about. The Plaxico thing was not fun to write about. You know, you're talking about a guy that could have uh, impaired his life and destroyed a football season. He destroyed the giant season. He shot it to hell. <laughs> they were on their way to the Super Bowl that year. That was the year after they had won. Mm-hmm. So they would have been repeated. Most likely they would have repeated as Super Bowl champs. And to this day, Giant players who played on that team mourn the rue the rue the fact mourn the fact that Plaxico deprived them of a chance to win another another championship. It wasn't embarrassing to me. Right. I, I guess I guess embarrassing was the wrong word. I, I shocked should have been. Yeah. I should I should have said shocked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well. It shocked. It has to be the butt fumble because I was in the press box watching it and I just couldn't believe what I saw. <laughs> With Plaxico, it's hard to believe somebody would accidentally shoot himself in the leg at a Manhattan nightclub. But <laughs> but every so often, you'll see 
NFL players or or NBA players or or professional athletes, baseball players, they'll get into some kind of ridiculous trouble that they never should have. So the I mean, butt fumble was more of a shock. JPP yeah. is another one. Right. That was another, yeah, another shock. Yep. Shock to him as well. Here's the next question. Who would you rather have as your QB right now? Forget the fact that Daniel Jones is hurt. Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold? Uh, Daniel Jones. I don't know. I think, I think Darnold, I don't know much about football, but I do think Darnold can turn it around. I think he I mean, will. Look at Tannehill. Look at Tannehill, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's 23 years old. I mean, when he gets better coaching and a better supporting cast, <clears throat> he'll, he'll be a much better quarterback. But I, I just, I like, I really like what I see in Daniel Jones. He's, he's tough. He's poised. He's a leader. Uh, not that Darnold isn't, but I think, uh, I think Daniel and, and Daniel Jones can, can use his legs to make plays. Um, and Darnold can as well. But I just think, you know, this is Dar- uh, Darnold's third year. It's Jones' second year. I think Jones' upside is, is, is bigger. The, the one thing that I've, I've actually, that I've been really impressed with Darnold and this year, and that's probably surprising to hear that I'm saying that I'm impressed with something that Darnold's done, even though he hasn't done anything, is the way he's handled the criticism overall. And actually, Jake Asman talked about this, and I agreed with this take. He said, uh, Darnold has backed up Gaze every single opportunity someone's asked him a question about it. Yet, anytime Gaze is asked a question about Darnold and backing Darnold up, Gaze just does not do it. And that's I not, think I, that's not true. That's it's, not true. Gaze backs him up. The uh, the press conference they had today, he didn't. He said he wished he could have uh, he could endorse Darnold and say that he's he's going to get it together this year. And he no, didn't. he he what he Gaze said. I he blamed himself for not developing Darnold. He said, I failed. That's what Gay said today. Okay, um, so then maybe I just heard only, uh, someone took a, like, took everything out of context and made it sound worse than it was. Oh, no, no. Gay came down hard on himself, and rightfully okay. so. But to Darnold's credit, and I wrote this in tomorrow's post as well, he never pointed the finger at anybody but himself. Darnold said, don't, don't blame Gay, blame me. And that's the way a franchise quarterback is supposed to Right. You gotta be a thumb guy. And act. Yep. You gotta be a thumb guy, not a, that's not a right. guy. That's I'm just right. gonna hop in and say and say suck it, Max. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Darnold, you know? Darnold easily could have thrown Gaze under the bus. Right. But he it's not it tells you he's he's a good kid and he understands the responsibility and obligation of the franchise quarterback. I, I would like to see Darnold go to Indianapolis or Pittsburgh if he if he were to go to another team. I think or he would do very Francisco. well there. How about San Francisco? Too? San Francisco would be a great spot for him too. With Kyle Shanahan, he's probably my favorite favorite coach right now. And he'd have uh, he'd have Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk to throw to. It's a little bit better than he's got now. <laughs> oh yeah, a little upgrade, and especially with that three well. Well, most are, I was going to say three-headed backfield, but everyone's hurt in their backfield. So it's a new three-headed backfield every single week. Uh, Richie Kotite or Adam Gaze? Wow. Well, Gaze has a better record. Kotite was four and 28. Gaze is, um, seven and 20. So you got to give the edge to Gaze. I, I can't imagine there being so <laughs> You guys can talk about Adam Gaze for like five hours. <laughs> I know. I just, I can't, I can't possibly imagine there'd be a worse coach than Adam Gaze. But apparently there was. 
I wasn't and, alive for Kotite, well, so I can't I can't and, compare. And Ray Handley was no uh, was no Lombardi either for the Giants. Ray Handley followed Bill Parcells. He had a better record than Gaze, but uh, he he was not what George Young envisioned him being. What is the single greatest play that you've seen live in any sport that you've covered? Single greatest play. Oh boy. There was a kickoff return in the I don't think that's the greatest play. Um, Did you cover the Tyree, the Tyree Super Bowl? Yeah, it would have to be that one. Yeah, that that, I don't that know. play was yeah. Yeah, was you can't one, yeah, right? of course you can't top that one. David Tyree's catch. Manning scramble, Tyree's helmet catch. Yep. That was so sick. I remember that as like an eight year old. He's, you know what? Luckily, he, he was lucky that they didn't call him in the grasp. But mm-hmm. the helmet catch oh. is in a league of its own, no question. Oh yeah. And the the final question of the Moss Ball Minute: Is there anyone in the NFL that you truly just can't stand? No, I don't think there there is. Uh, I'm sure there will be once we <laughs> get back in the locker room. <laughs> but uh, it's hard to. No, I, I I can't say that. What? Why would you ask that question? <laughs> I don't know. We're trying to stir the pot a little bit. <laughs> no, I don't. I wouldn't tell you even if I had an answer. Okay, so who do you who do you love the most? Then we'll go the opposite direction. Who do you love the most in the NFL? Oh boy, who do you just want to hug or bring to family dinner. Logan Ryan's a real good guy. I wanted the Jets to sign him. Giant safety now. A lot of a lot of them are good guys. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson, real good guy. Leonard Williams, like him. I know the the Giant players better than I know the Jet players because. The Jet players have had they've, they've had so much turnover in that locker room lately. Right. You know, I didn't really care for Jamal Adams. Okay. I didn't care for his diva act. There we go. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah, I, I he's a great player, but I'm happy he he's happy now in Seattle. But you know, he he barked his way out of New York. It's a shame he he would have been a per, he was a perfect New York player, perfect f- for this market. Loved the big stage, loved the big moments. But uh, he 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 changed from his third year, from his rookie year to his third year. He was a a more polite, uh, well mannered. He he became more uh, full of himself over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and I don't uh, I don't appreciate players like that. A, a lot of people say that, oh, like just in the media, just I guess the uh, the narrative of Odell is that he's a terrible locker room player, but all of his teammates say great things about him. Oh, yes. Yeah. Teammates loved him. His teammates loved him. Odell had a problem, I think, with authority there. He, he didn't, he didn't uh, bond with uh, Coughlin at first, and then he didn't bond with McAdoo, and then he didn't bond with Pat Shermer. And Odell would shoot himself in the foot, not like Poxigo Burris in a different <laughs> way, but – he would, you know, he did that Lil Wayne interview, which ticked off Pat Shermer and members of the organization. He means well, but he, Odell had some growing up to do, and and maybe New York was not the right place for him to grow up. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there was that video in Paris with the pizza and what else, who the hell else knows what what else was there. I liked Odell. He was a good guy. How about the picture of uh, him and Sterling Shepard? I think it was a few days before the there. Yeah, before they played the Packers. No, at the, t- at, the t- at the time, I didn't have a problem with it. They were they were off. They were they had gone down there for one day, I think it was. But when you do that, you put the bullseye on yourself. And when Odell dropped 
right. pass or two in that playoff game in Green Bay, which the Giants lost convincingly, he had to own that. You know, you reap what you sow. So if you're going to do that, if you're going to go on a boat trip and have it blared all over the Internet, then you better produce. And he didn't produce. Well, so that wraps up the Master Ball Minute questions. We got one final question for you before we let you go. You got any any gefilte fish moments or, or no? No, no. Gef- we, that that sounds like a terrible thing. So we don't do unless you like. Do you like do you, do you like gefilte yeah. fish? Oh yeah. Oh, you're one of the rare ones then. Yeah, with ketchup? Are you kidding? It's great. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you no, you have gefilte with ketchup? No, 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 no. Hor- horseradish. <laughs> horseradish. I was okay. Yeah. No, I was connecting it back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't put it together at first. I got, where you, I got what you're giving there. <laughs> Although maybe I'll try it. I know I love ketchup. All right, anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I don't know that. That wraps up the, the basketball minute. We don't have a gefilte thing yet. Maybe that'll be a new segment, though, that we think of. But uh, we How about one potato, potato kugel? How about potato kugel? That's that's good, too. Any, yeah. <laughs> what, what are the other Jewish foods are missing? Well, rugula. I, yeah, my grandma yeah. makes the best. Right, but either way. It was, it, was, it was nice talking to you. Nice meeting you. Max, nice meeting you. I'll see you at Hana. Yes, yes. Right? Of course. And I, I hope you I, I hope you go to Salvatore's yeah. and uh, I will. Enjoy. I'm gonna try it. I will try it. If you need if you guys need anything, let me know. Will do, thank will you. Will do, thank you. Thank you guys. Bye. Take care. That wraps up another great interview with Steve Serby. Want to thank him so much. Want to apologize once again for my absence. Had a concussion, first pro experience, not too shabby, but it's a long story for another time. Um, thanking Steve once again. Thanking you boys. You guys did a great job. The interview was amazing. Yeah, man, he he was awesome. I obviously wish you could have been there with us, but I know you had to sit in a dark room with your thoughts and, <laughs> and no screen, no lights, no nothing. Which yeah, you know sucks. me with my thoughts. <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm happy you're feeling better. Honestly, you sound like a happy cappy again, which is good. But yeah, yeah I want to thank Steve once again. He's awesome, and I want to thank my mom. Actually, my, my mom got Steve for us through Jewish Geography, which is what we're all about here in the locker room is the Jewish Geography and making the connections. Um, but yeah, Steve's awesome and. Hopefully we can keep in touch with him. Maybe even he can write an article about us. Who knows? We'll, we'll, yeah, uh, that'd be so cool. We'll see what we can do. We can suck up a, a little more to, you know, get him to write an article about us. But yeah, it's, it's, it was definitely pretty cool. I mean, just listening back to the interview, you guys did a great job. He did a great job. You know, obviously he's an older guy coming into it. So you have your doubts like, oh, you know, how much is he going to open up? Dude, he sounded like he was like a little 21 year old, just like so excited to come on the podcast. So excited to talk to you guys. The way, he, the way he opened up the interview with just like the applesauce with the lot, because I was just like, oh, this is going to be a great one. Yeah, no, nah, he's, he's definitely one of the boys. And and him and Maxie, man, those two could talk <laughs> about the Jets for hours, man. Those they should get Maxie, you and Steve should definitely get a beer one day. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Yeah. Uh, but hey, what happened? Honestly, they, they, they're, they're two smart men and they'd, uh, they'd probably, you know, have some good conversations. But I do think that covers it for this episode. I want to wish everyone a very happy Hanukkah. We got a uh, Instagram takeover coming later this week. Yes, sir. Not going to say who it is yet, but it's definitely going to be a good one. Thank you guys once again. And a quick word from a sponsor, Dude Robe. I don't know if you guys saw, but Dalvin Cook was rock- rocking his Dude Robe the other day. You got a little Dalvin stuff on yourself right now, too, John. You have a, a Dalvin hat on. Shout out to Loyalty above all. Those guys are great. Some friends of ours, Zach Hiller and Matt Least. 
Um, but yeah, go to dorobe.com. Use our code LACA for 20% off of your very own dorobe. It'll keep you warm during the winter right now because it's getting fucking freezing out, especially in New York. I don't know about you in Kansas City. It's probably KC really cold, cold too, baby. It was like 26 this morning. It's getting cold. But thank you guys once again. Another happy Hanukkah. Enjoy the holiday with your family and friends. Mazel, go spoil your family members. Spoil everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Mazel, go watch Eight Crazy Nights. Talk to you next week. Bye. Just a dream, just a dream, just a dream.